Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It was billed as a special, special night, potentially, in Montreal, and it could not have worked out any better. The Montreal Canadiens are headed to the Stanley Cup Final after beating the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime on home ice in Game 6. It's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert back with you. Yes, all the ingredients for a special night were there. A holiday in the province of Quebec, the restrictions in this COVID-19 world, well, they're only loosely being followed right now. And the team, the show, and the most important thing in the city of Montreal, at least ascribed by this outlier, achieved something it hasn't in a generation. And it was a fitting conclusion to the game that sent Montreal back to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1993 with Phil Deneau, a player basically devoid of offense all playoffs long, but who has been maybe the most important player, aside from Carey Price for the Canadians, saving that one moment of offensive brilliance for a rush in overtime with a chance to go to the NHL's championship series on the line. And he set up Arturi Lekin beautifully for the goal. And Montreal's top line had its first goal of the series. And of course, it sent them to the Stanley Cup final. He earned his pizza. The Habs earned a spot in the championship series. And the fans earned the right to carry the St. John Baptiste Day celebrations into the wee hours of the morning. For me personally, I think uh, it's time to invest in a red suit because ever since Mark Bergevin threw on that red two-piece, the Canadians have been unstoppable. They've won nine of their last 11 games, leading back to Game 7 versus the Maple Leafs. This is the 18th best team in the regular season, which looked unprepared for the moment when the playoffs first began, which is now on an absolute warpath through the Stanley Cup playoffs and now into the final. Amazing. For this game, I think we have to start with Carey Price. Uh, and what was interesting about this game is, was, or this moment, this this night, is that it's really the first window into the emotion that he must be feeling since this run began, both good and bad. Uh, he's basically been unflappable, unmoved, and and really unshaken in every situation the Habs have been in. But when the Canadians did begin the third period with the lead and a chance again, to go to the Stanley Cup final if he just didn't give up another goal. A task that he's, you know, been able to complete multiple times in these playoffs. He looked shaky for the first time. Um, he did allow a goal 68 seconds in, but he did settle in enough, made the rest of the saves necessary until, you know, uh, overtime began and Montreal was able to form that pushback. But 
you know, this is a guy that's hasn't shown maybe that nervous energy. And it seemed like he did a little bit in overtime. And then after the game, when he's barely flinched at, you know, beating, coming back to beat the Maple Leafs in seven, sweeping the Winnipeg Jets, we saw him put his hands on his head, like almost in disbelief when uh, players were, you know, coming to greet him and he wanted to go greet Lekkonen uh, after the game. It was like, finally, he was releasing a little bit of that emotion that probably has been pent up. But my favorite thing from Price in the fallout of this game was when he was asked about putting his hands on his head, the reaction, was he truly in dis- disbelief? And he said, no, instead, it's so believable. It's so believable that the Habs are in the position they're in. Immediately, showing a glimpse of what might be going on in his head, he immediately goes back to that stone-faced killer that we've seen throughout the playoffs. Unlike his potential opponents in the Stanley Cup final, whether it be Tampa Bay or the New York Islanders, there is no speculation over who might be crowned the postseason MVP if the Habs do indeed win the Stanley Cup. Carey Price is now 12-5 with a 934 save percentage in these playoffs. He is perfect when the game or when the series, the three series he's been involved in, have gone past game four. That means he's won every game five, every game six, and every game seven that the Habs have been in since these playoffs began. And also, shout out to him for congratulating his mother on being reelected chief of a BC First Nations. A poignant shutout, given the times uh, and the many more important things that are happening in Canada besides the Canadians' Stanley Cup run. For Vegas, looking back at this game, uh, I feel like we saw some adjustments made, but too little too late. Um, Robin Leonard did get the start. It's something that I think should have happened in Game 5, and it was probably the right move in Game 6, even if they didn't go to him in Game 5. But either way, Vegas just didn't have a netminder that could compete with Carey Price in this series. And Peter, Peter DeBoer acknowledged that, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, before this game. He basically said, if we don't have someone who can play at, this, at the level or close to the level that Price is playing at, we don't have any chance. And uh, I'm not sure that was the case tonight, but that was the case in the series. They didn't have goaltenders or goaltending that could compete with what Carey Price was doing. Um, and that was really the, the difference. In terms of his forwards and his usage, we also saw a little bit of a different approach from DeBoer. Uh, who really rode the misfit line, which showed up in this game. They've been quiet all series. And to do that, he took a little bit away from Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, who did not play well again, as well as the fourth line that didn't get many minutes as well. And probably should have been doing that before because it's not like the misfits were demanding that they've been given minutes, but that fourth line was just not cutting it. And Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty just haven't played well since the very start. I think it took long, too long rather for, Peter DeBoer to realize uh, what he had to do to try and turn the tide a little bit. It was one of their better performances, I'd say, for Vegas. They played pretty well in this game. They maybe deserved to win the game. But the act of scoring goals is just too much for them. And it it was last year, and it was this year, eventually. It came back to bite them. And that's what happened last year. I mean, it took them so long to get through the Vancouver Canucks because they couldn't break down Thatcher Demko And then they just didn't have anything left in the tank against the Dallas Stars. And now this year, that goal-scoring trouble didn't really resurface until uh, the third round. But it was what, you know, know, led to the end for Vegas because they just didn't have enough to get uh, any meaningful amount of goals beyond Carey Price or at least the amount of goals that they needed to win enough games in the series. 
And I think that's more of a forward problem because their continued reliance on the defense to score, you know, continued in this game as well. I mean, the Misfits, as I mentioned, were better. They were part of the goal scoring for sure. But on their goal, or the goal that Riley Smith scored, it was really Shea Weber, or Shea Theodore, rather, that created that goal with the slap pass to Riley Smith in front of the net or at the side of the net. Even if a solid forecheck made it happen in that moment, it was that like creativity from Theodore that created that goal. And then the second goal for Vegas, it was a Alex Petrangelo rebound banged in in front by a defenseman in Alec Martinez. So three of the fr- four primary points in the game for Vegas belong to defensemen, and that's really part of the story of this series. What Vegas clearly didn't have is someone like Cole Caulfield. Uh, and clearly, the book is not out on Cole Caulfield, despite Robin Leonard's pre-scout. Uh, his goal in this game, which made it 2-1 at the time, was one of the finer moments of skill that we saw in the entire series. A self-pass to himself, Um uh, after receiving the puck in neutral ice and knowing he had to do something to get around Braden McNabb. So he chipped it to himself, beat McNabb with speed, and then a hard shot over the shoulder of Leonard while he was expecting Ca- Caulfield to sort of cut across. Uh, just a remarkable poise and creativity and skill from the young Montreal Canadian sniper. And he's got a flair for the dramatic as well. I mean, we saw a kiss to the crowd, a bit of a mean mug after when he was... Uh, celebrating with with his teammates and then a quote to boot after the game saying about his sort of back and forth with Leonard about what he might be expecting Caulfield to do Caulfield just said I'm always shooting for the back of the net and you know we've seen a lot of Cole Caulfield t-shirts and I feel like that quote could belong on the back of a a t-shirt right along with Cole Caulfield and all the other ones that are being manufactured right now but this guy is a rock star I mean, he's going to be like, he's already achieved legendary status in Montreal. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be celebrated in that city for many, many years to come. And it's funny because the only reason he's a Montreal Canadian is because he's a small dude that fell to number 15 in the draft, probably only because of his size. And I couldn't help but laugh when Montreal Canadians were taking that picture around the Prince of Wales and he was next to Bill Daly. And it was like, he was literally eye to eye while he was on skates with the deputy commissioner of the NHL who wouldn't be blowing anyone away with his stature. So uh, pretty amusing that Cole Caulfield finds himself in the position that he's in and continues to terrorize opponents. Um, what a story. What what a find for the Montreal Canadiens at number 15, and what a find right before this Stanley Cup playoff run. I feel like I'm repeating myself talking about Vegas's power play, so I'm going to focus on Montreal with this. 30 consecutive penalties killed. More shorthanded goals than conceded power play goals so far in these playoffs. If it's the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final, even if it's the Islanders in the Stanley Cup Final, what an incredible and maybe essential attribute or situation that the Habs find themselves in. The Habs penalty kill is what might be needed to beat a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning because the Tampa Bay Lightning have done so much of their damage on the power play. Like, I'm not going to say that they should be welcoming a team that relies so much on the power play because uh, you get what you ask for, I guess, at a certain point. But if we're talking about neutralizing factors, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but if Montreal's power play can hold up against a team like Tampa, then they've got even more of a chance than maybe we are giving them credit for. 
But this is really a legacy situation here for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, obviously, they're one step away from forever being immortalized forever. Uh, I guess they could get a banner, but what are you putting in this? In this, you know, at the at the rafters at Bell Center, are you putting semifinal winners in the 2020-21 season? I'm not sure that's the best look. But what this does, I mean, this is a legacy situation for many of these players and and the organization as well. I mean, Carey Price and Shea Weber making it to their first Stanley Cup final. Corey Perry making the Stanley Cup final for a second consecutive season with the opportunity to strengthen his Hall of Fame case. Eric Stahl getting back to the Stanley Cup final after, like Perry, winning it so long ago. But also Mark Bergevin. I mean, maybe it's not about, you know, being immortalized in history for him, but his method, what he believes in, is being justified with this run. Like, everything that he's done is being justified by this run. There is a list of moves in Montreal questioned longer or as, as long as any in the league. What he's done, I mean, he's, he's one of the more active general man- managers, and he's lauded for a lot of what he's done, but a lot of what he's done has also been questioned. I mean, all that money for Carey Price, all that money for goaltending by adding Jake Allen, the Weber for Subban trade, the Anderson contract, the Gallagher contract, picking Jesperi Kotkaniemi third overall, trading for Eric Stahl this season when it seemed like well, they're not going anywhere in the playoffs, spending so much on goaltenders I already mentioned. I mean, there's a lot of things that he's been criticized for and where we thought we were going here is the end of the line for Mark Bergevin. It looked like the Canadians were going down the wrong path, frantically trying to salvage something and doing so with something that was clearly failing. But this was his vision. This was Mark Bergevin's vision all along for a team that can succeed in the postseason. And clearly, based on these postseason wins, these three in a row, and knocking off a great team like the Vegas Golden Knights, this vision, his vision, Bergevin's vision, was worth carrying out. What's also crazy is we might not be here without the incredible circumstances of the last year and the the pandemic and what's happened in the NHL over the last, I guess, 14, 15 months. I mean, if you remember, Montreal just made the postseason last summer when they really didn't belong. I mean, they didn't have a record. They were like, forget 18th of the league. I think they were around 23rd or 24th. But they got into the tournament and they managed to upset. uh, Who was it that they upset in the first round? The Pittsburgh Penguins. In the play-in, they managed to get by the Pittsburgh Penguins in the play-in and then give Phil- the Philadelphia Flyers a run for their money in the first round. And what we saw over that stretch is a guy like Nick Suzuki coming into his own and showing that he could be an impact player right away. And yes, Barry Kotkaniemi having a big playoffs as well, scoring goals. When they made the postseason, they showed Bergevin something. And I think what they did in that playoff run that they didn't deserve, they shouldn't have been there, if the pandemic happened, they never would have been there. And maybe if that didn't happen, Bergevin never would have been inspired to make those major moves to bring in Josh Anderson, to bring in Corey Perry, to bring in Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson, to do everything he did to try and make something of this season. Truly, truly incredible stuff. And we talk about fortune and stars aligning and serendipity. All of it seems to be working right now in Montreal's favor. And it might date back all the way to last summer. It's incredible stuff, truly. Up next for Montreal in the Stanley Cup Final, it's either an equally unlikely 
well, maybe not quite equally, but an inspiring story nonetheless with, you know, an old barn, a legendary barn, one with so many memories closing down, an inspiring story nonetheless with the New York Islanders, or it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Montreal Canadiens will have to go through the standard in the NHL today if the Tampa Bay Lightning do indeed win Game 7 versus the New York Islanders on Friday night. So to complete this unlikely march to the championship, it's either beating the best team in hockey, full stop, or a team like the New York Islanders who might be almost mere images in a way of what they're doing. So either way. It's going to be an exciting Stanley Cup final. And congrats to the Canadians. Congrats to Carey Price. And happy St. John Baptiste Day to everyone in Quebec. The Montreal Canadiens are headed to the Stanley Cup final. Just wow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.